Hi, everybody. Welcome to the IGDA Twin Cities podcast for the month of, I suppose it should have been October. A bunch of stuff happened, Halloween, etc. Anyway, with me tonight is, I got Tori, my audio man. Howdy, folks. And with us yet again is a uh, special guest, Martin Greider. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. So I know we did a little bit of pre-show, and as normal, it ends up with a, hey, save it for the podcast. So how about we hop in and say, uh, what have you guys been up to? Last month was a pretty short episode, and thanks again, Martin, for recording after the, after the meeting. That stuff yeah, actually is pretty good. I, I enjoy listening to that stuff a lot. Yeah, do we do we have some of that for this episode as well? You know, we do. We just <laughs> we just do, and I think we'll be playing that at some point. Excellent. Yeah, so let's get some of the the you know us our boring selves out of the way first. How about that, Mark? Since you're <laughs> you're visiting us again, how about you start? You got anything interesting dev wise? Um, I'm wrapping up a project that uh, should be in the App Store sometime either this month or possibly next month, I guess. That's kind of kids' games. Uh, First, I, think, I don't know. Or, or contract? No, this is a contract. Um, so I don't know how... Well, I mean, I don't see why I wouldn't be able to talk about it, but uh, it's it's called... I think they're... It's for a publisher locally in the Twin Cities called uh, Real. Like, um, So their name is R-E at sign L. <laughs> oh. And it's um, it's a bunch of the old... Well, I don't know how many... Or how affiliated they are. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's any affiliation because the organization doesn't exist anymore. But do you remember, like the 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 company that made like uh, Number Munchers and oh, Oregon Trail and stuff? Yeah, I think I think it was called Mech, which might stand for something. I can't even remember. Is the Oregon Trail company gone now? Well, that company I want to say went went away in like the '90s. And Oregon Trail, like the you know, like the ownership of that, you know, name or entity or whatever. I mean, th- there is an Oregon Trail being published right now. Like, there's a version for iOS, um, so that's still around, but it's not the same. It's not the same company at all, is my understanding. Okay. Well, I know that that at one IGA meeting some years ago, um, somebody from that that company presented i wonder who that was actually you know i want to yeah. i vaguely remember that and i think i missed that that week or month or whatever um yeah i do remember that and uh i think it was like i want to say like a year ago or two years ago that sounds vaguely familiar i kind of remember something like that <laughs> but I, yeah were they talking about putting it on like uh, a, a mobile uh yeah so this stuff this project is oh I mean do you mean Oregon Trail or yeah or some something related to it yeah I don't know as I said I, I'm pretty sure I missed that meeting um, and now that'd be really interesting to me <laughs> I'm I'm not all, I'm not super up on the history but um, anyway the the project is uh, like kind of a kind of a puzzle game aimed at not toddler age but like a little bit above toddler age like very like kindergarten through third maybe Mm. third grade and uh it's it's kind of an engine that i built so we can put in graphics that would kind of change the age range target 
um, by just kind of changing the graphics. But it's kind of the sliding block puzzle with the twist. There's, there's, ah. you're kind of doing, you're kind of doing the sliding whole puzzle, but you're also matching things. It's kind of the that, yeah, that's as much of a twist as there is really. <laughs> but can you talk about what what kind of engine you used to make it? No, I, I mean, it's just I just wrote it. It's a, oh, okay, a, okay. Yep. So it's I, I actually have have thought quite a bit about putting it up on GitHub. It's called like the generic game model. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's literally what it's called, and it's um, so it's basically any grid um, where you have kind of states for each you know slot in the grid. It kind of handles a lot of the state stuff for you, um, and then just through uh, <laughs> just through game jams, I've now got a version of it that basically spits out uh, isomor isometric view and then there's another one that does hex view for the the game catch-up that i'm working on <laughs> so it's it's kind of like it's got these kind of little they're not extensions they're just uh subclasses really that that make it do different things oh that's cool and you it's meant to be subclass so you subclass two things you subclass the model and then you subclass the the view and so then you tell the view in the view subclass you can kind of specify really basic ways to like display your states. So it's like you can either specify an image for the state or just like a color and then it'll basically paint whatever the state is for that thing. So it's really simple. I mean, we're not talking <laughs> anything special here. But uh so it's fun. actually allowed me to spit out a bunch of like I don't know, just prototype type stuff. Yeah, I was going to say you could fast. probably prototype with that pretty fast. But it's also fun. <laughs> yeah, fun and it's, it. it's exactly yeah. It's been really fun to like do the next version. Of, you know, do the isometric version of it, and like do all these other you know additions to it. Like it's you nice, can, you know, it's your own engine that you're not beholden to anybody to for any kind of for anything. <laughs> it's yeah. your engine. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, so that project is kind of wrapping up. And they, one of the things that was cool is that my client isn't actually the publisher. Um, so it's uh, this guy, and and but when we went to the publisher, they kind of said, well, we want we want to change the graphics around, and so I was able to um, throw kind of a whole new skin onto it, mm. and uh, so it's kind of like breathe new life into the project. Like I think it looks really good. Um, which I would probably not have said before. I mean, the the graphics <laughs> for the the graphics for the tiles and the actual game were great, but the kind of the, the stuff around it was like oh, okay. kind of mediocre. And I think it looks really good now. Cool. How'd you get hooked up with them then? Uh, you know, I think that was another contract contact through a referral, basically direct referral from uh, my recursive contacts oh okay so yeah like it's, which basically all came out of mobile twin cities so like i got the job at recursive because i was going to this mobile twin cities group that um justin grammar started and he's the, he was the one of the original founders owners at recursive awesome yeah and you'd worked at recursive too for a while didn't you right so yeah i got so i 
I mean, of course, so, you just said, but <laughs> yep, that was that was my first like full time iOS gig. Basically, before that, I'd been you know doing apps at work, but it was you know like they barely had enough work to keep me doing that every other month. Mm. Um, so then, when I went to Recursive, it was full time, and that was really that was really fun. And then Recursive merged with Code Forty Two. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, see, I was a little confused about that. I remember I picked you up once, and I think you had toured me a little bit of Recursive Awesome. Yeah. I think. I mean, Recursive was very small. Was yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you just sat at, like, a table with another guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is different than my sucky cube life. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting-looking people. <laughs> Whereas in my job, it's all polos and boring people. Yeah. They don't listen to this podcast, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. And I'm finishing up catch-up, so someday that'll be that'll be out. I'm hoping before the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, we had been talking about finishing our game before the end of the year a couple months ago. And How does it look? It hasn't changed in a couple months. <laughs> yeah it will be completed at some point it's so, it's so close it's just the fun is kind of out of it now the, it's tough yeah it's really difficult yeah anyway I, you had mentioned something about a possible article you had written appearing somewhere of note oh yeah 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 so I yeah I wrote an article for the IGDA perspectives newsletter so um I think the perspectives is basically just like opinion pieces, mm -hmm. kind of. Yep. It's like a collection of um, like short articles that are all around a topic. And this this month's topic, November's topic, is board gaming. So I wrote a a short piece about uh, mobile board game conversion. Uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's perfect for you. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, you know, I mean, I saw the call to you know call for articles or whatever and I said oh this is this is right up my alley call for submissions and I thought it was going to be out by now because I thought you know it's the November issue but Which actually was... looking at it the the October issue came out four days ago <laughs> October 31st yeah normal or... magazine terms that means you get that issue the month before yeah whatever. yeah totally and there are tents that means you get it at the end of the month yeah <laughs> yep They've got a December call for submissions right now going on. They're looking for content about games about games. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually really think is cool, and I might write another article. <laughs> yeah. um, I was thinking about, like, Game Dev Story, you know? Oh, yeah, or Game... game uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah, there was a desktop. Game one. Dev Tycoon. That's right, Game Dev Tycoon. Yep. I'm gonna write that down. Um, and then I have a card game called. Uh, yeah, we King played that. Godzilla something. Yeah, what is that called? We ended up playing it um, like apples to apples style, instead of the actual rules. That one that we no. brought to the holiday party so that one time. You're thinking of the meta game, which is oh, also yeah. applicable. Yep. I mean, actually, I mean, like, kind of, it's uh, even more applicable, <laughs> right? But yeah, the metagame is great. It's called, oh, no, I can't find it. Pink Godzilla Dev Kit. Oh, yeah. 
You had that brought was... that once, but uh, Zach was with us, and we had to play the perturbo-robos or whatever it was instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that called? Protobios or saprobiant? Saprobiant. Saprobiant, something like that. Something like that. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great game. Like they have to publish that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it makes me want to play it right now. <laughs> the only the only detriment of it is it does require four players. Yeah, it's an exactly four-player game. I've been designing a bunch of games. I've got like two or three new board games that I designed in the last month. Oh, look at you go. Are there any single-player board games? Yeah, tons. I bet um, in fact, I, I, entered a, I entered a contest designing a single-player print-and-play game, and... Uh, didn't you know no one cared about my game really but uh <laughs> but uh, no i shouldn't say that people cared but it, it didn't do well in the contest mostly because i didn't even i kind of like put it out there and then did nothing with it um yeah most people kind of put it out there and then keep revising until right up till the end of the contest or whatever um but you know, they just have random board game design contests all the time on Board Game Geek, usually for print and play stuff. Like, there's kind of a whole community around, you know, printing games, and you know, because there's there's just a lot more content. Um, and uh, so my, I'm kind of proud of this, so I'm going to mention it. My design for that was uh, a solo game you played with a standard deck of cards, but it was a deck building game. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's like, you know, solitaire, except it was a deck building solitaire. <laughs> interesting. That actually could be kind of neat. Yeah, it has potential. And I actually think what I wanted to do was like, you know, come up with a decent solo. The The contest was a solo contest. Like it was solo print and play games only. Like that was the, what it was for. But uh, I think there's potential for like a, you know, just standard deck of cards, deck building game for multiplayer. Like, I think that'd be kind of fun. And maybe you all, maybe you have, you have to play with a bunch of decks or something, but I think that could be cool. Yeah. Well, I'll agree with you there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So I should do a prospectus. (laughs) I don't have any idea what they're... We were talking about numbers before this, before we started officially recording, like how many downloads the podcast gets and how many views the website makes and stuff like that. And this is even further removed. I have no idea what the perspectives IGDA, you know, readership is. Like, have you ever read an article on the IGDA website? A couple times. I... I... I seem to recall somebody else had something in their perspectives once. Oh, really? And I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Is it Damien? That would make like, sense, but I think yeah, it, it might have been. Like it Was it Jackie, maybe? I think it might have been Jacqueline. Oh. But I, I, but I can't remember. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I don't see any way to search it, which is a fail. You know, and we're not. Um, we didn't have the the best uh, social outreach 
in the past either with our stuff. So I have no way of going oh. back to something to when we might have promoted it or something. I've got, I, I'm looking at my emails now and I have tons of unread emails from them that say perspectives. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Perspective newsletter. Yep. So a lot of them yep. looking for the one that's, that's actually opened. As per <laughs> potential, uh, potentially is a hit as a hint. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just like searching for random phrases that I think might find something of interest. I did find the search on the Perspectives site. And there was an article in July of 2011. Oh, this is the one by Jacqueline. Okay, um, there we go. Called North American Trek. And it's about how Minneapolis-St. Paul has a lot of tech, tech stuff going on. Oh, and she mentions Mac even. Did you say it was in July of 2011? July of 2011. North right. American Trek was the name of the article. Oh. It says well, Twin Cities, a... Minnesota, on the upswing. Well, there's a blast, blast to the past. Yeah, Jacqueline's moved to San Francisco. Oh, really? She's not here anymore? No. I did not. When did she officially do that? I don't know when she officially did it. I want to say I saw her at like a meeting, not last month maybe, but the month before. Oh, it's been quite a while. I've seen her. Unless huh. she was at the meeting I missed. I did miss one. But that was some months ago. Anyway. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. We miss you, Jackie. If you're listening, we miss you. That's right. Shout. <laughs> Pour one on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sucked into the, the hole of of San Francisco. <laughs> There's nothing there. It's so sad that she moved out there. <laughs> In no, San Francisco. No big businesses or tech companies or anything there. Yeah. It's not even a part of California. It's really sad. There's like a bridge there. What else is there? Yeah. <laughs> rice aroni I guess. Is there? That's a win. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the San Francisco treat. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So if, you, if people don't know what town you're talking about, you've got that to go on. <laughs> the rice aroni town. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, well, how about you, Tori? Got anything interesting last month? Um, yeah, you know, I've actually been working on a game, um, and uh, we'll be, I'll be presenting this coming IGDA about it. Yeah, great. I'm glad you and, mentioned uh, that. I was going to ask you. Yeah, and so um, we, ha we haven't made the presentation yet, but Kyle Anderson and I um, were working on the game, and we used, uh, use, are using Wise for it. So that was pretty cool. I've, I've taught Wise at IPR in the, in the past a little bit, actually. Audio for games and Wise was a part of it, um, but That's doing it this way is explain it, what is Wise. Oh, yeah, it's w so Wise. Yeah, it's WWISE by Audio Kinetic, and it's um it's audio middleware. So it's like F mod if you refer to that, but it's basically a sound engine for your game. Um, and so a lot of games uh, or a lot of a lot of engines like um, for example Unity, their sound is a bit crap, and it's it's it, as far as audio guys go, it's, it doesn't work the way we think. So, um, well, it plays the audio file you have. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, why is basically what it does is it it allows a programmer to make calls uh, for stuff to happen, and then the the audio person gets to do all the tweaking. So, um, the benefit is that it, uh, you, you get to rely less on the programmer, and the programmer has to do less work. Um, 
so it's it's just been wondering uh, just wonderful jumping down that rabbit hole and figuring out how it works and um because w- when i teach it i teach it in a very basic way because you don't want to get too in depth because uh, there's so many things you can you know you can teach about but um it's been cool getting into some of these advanced functions and uh, actually reading some of the documentation that Damien Kasbauer has done too has <laughs> been quite quite helpful because Wise actually asked Damien to do um, uh, Project Adventure. So it's a little write-up for um, Wise and how to get into it and sort of work your way through it. So, um, yeah, it's just been wonderful working with it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. we're going to be an audio-heavy uh, next meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Damien Kasbauer, Damien Kasbauer will be speaking. Yeah, um, it's interesting you mention it. He's actually not going to be there. Oh no! Yeah, did that, did that, did that unhappen? It no, it's still happening. He got, he has to go an emergency thing in San Francisco, so he's got a business travel. Oh, did Jackie call him there? It must be. Yeah, <laughs> she made some rice. I've got there's nothing else there. That's, yeah, got some rice. You got to eat stat. Yep, uh, <laughs> but he's still presenting. So, okay, it's gonna be how's a, that gonna work? It's gonna be a remote presentation. That's. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, Zach called me and was wondering if what I thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, heck, let's do it. Because he was concerned about trying to find a different presenter and changing the meeting and everything. And I'm yeah. like, oh, absolutely. Let's try that as an experiment. Yeah. I said the, the worst thing about it is that then the Damien isn't there because he's such a glowing yeah. personality of interest. Yeah. You know, he's like yeah. really neat. And I said, as long as I can see him talk, because <laughs> I don't want to see his slides. I'd rather see him yeah, he's right, a very right. animated and interesting person, so I'd rather see him than slides. But we'll have to see how that goes. That'll be a neat experiment, I think. Yeah. Oh, and the last thing I've been up to is Candybox 2, candybox2.net. Yeah. Did you beat it yet? I just did, yep. <laughs> you beat it? I bet, yeah, I did. Did you beat the first one? Yeah. Okay, so how do you beat yourself? Uh, the, the, are you talking about Candynet too? Don't worry, I I cheated to find it out. I, I was actually doing most of it, but you have to um just have the, the yeah you have to have the the healing gloves on. Oh, and then so you die with one hit point more, and and you have to have the uh, um what does that call the uh, the crown of the shit okay I've of the get these things of the of the octopus guy. But but an unenchanted version of it. You're talking about two, though. Yes. Yes. Oh, no, I meant... He's, he's asking beat. about one. Oh, you beat yourself in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, for that. sure you do. Yeah, after you beat Hell. You yeah, I can't remember. I, I want to say... Giant version of yourself. I don't, yeah, I, there's I, definitely I, a trick to it, but I can't remember what it is. But Hey, maybe I never did that. I, I assumed that it was just one of those games where you just, oh, well, this, you just lose no matter what. No, you can definitely beat yourself. And in fact, I want to say there's like a bunch more content after that, too. Yep. It's, just, it's oh. one of those games where it just keeps going. You're like, oh, my God, there's more. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and it's awesome. I'm done, I'm um, done with it. <laughs> Once I, that, I, stand, I stand corrected then. Woo. Okay. I, don't know, I don't know how much more. I could be totally wrong about that. I stayed um, from. I don't think I. Do. I became a little bit obsessive about Candy Box Two, and I think I beat it in less than forty-eight hours. May have been. Nice. May have been twenty-four hours. <laughs> Holy cow! No, I haven't even looked at it yet. 
You didn't cheat I, it though, did you? Because I know no, I didn't on the first one. I did. I I'll admit I cheated. And the second one? On the uh, yeah. Okay. You when you say cheated, type in do you a... just mean you looked something up, or do you mean yeah. you used the Java console? No, I looked something up. Oh, that's yeah. not cheating. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Because sometimes I'm looking like, for help to understand oh, the system. Okay. Sometimes because that's all I mean. Yeah, like because it's like some of these puzzles are pretty cool, but it's like some of them you'd have to. If you can't think of it, you can do it by process of elimination, which would just take a long time, especially when it involves brewing potions. So it. Uh, so sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna look at the wiki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so that's that's how I cheated. I cheated by looking stuff up. Yeah, when I yeah, there's um, you know, like I at first I was just like googling answers, and it, this was like the game had only been out 24 hours, uh, so it was like, you know, nothing really on Google. And then I remembered uh, there's this Stack Overflow, like, you know, sibling site that's for games. Have you guys been to that? No. No. Do you know what Stack Overflow is? Yes, it's yeah. a kind of like code help questions answers kind of community yeah yeah. so the so there's like this stack exchange um is like the parent umbrella for all the like stack sites so there's like a math.stack exchange right um and there's gaming.stack exchange and uh the gaming one is pretty cool because like people are just asking questions about like how do i beat the third boss in blah 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 game you know like it's it's great and so you just go and you surf the like candy box tag candy box two is actually the highest recent tag on the main site actually there's 96 <laughs> candy box two questions <laughs> i would have to uh, guess that reddit is pretty big on that too well, so i mean it is but it's just like one giant threaded list right like it's just one huge you know or actually probably not one probably there's a ton of them but, like, if you're looking for one specific thing, it's, like, you can't help but read, like, pages of content before you find the answer to that one thing. Yeah. Whereas a site like this stack, gaming.stackexchange, you sort basically of... find exactly the question you're looking for. And if it's not there, you ask it, and ten minutes later there's an answer. So it's it's pretty sweet. Cool. Yeah, I'm on Stack Overflow a lot with questions. You're not asking, but finding. There's usually, you know, it's, I'm not breaking any new grounds. Ever, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> and it's and, pretty rare that I ask a question because the, someone's already asked it. That's good. how come my thing crash? <laughs> that, would, that would be my question. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> how come my thing crash? How come my thing crash? I think it, I have the last Stack Overflow. I I I posted the dump below. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Ten pages of a core dump. Everybody <laughs> loves a dump file. <laughs> it's just fun to say. <laughs> Sig fault. Uh, yeah, I have um thirteen hundred points on Stack Overflow. Nice. Not to brag, but... <laughs> the high score. Oh my god, there are people with, you know, tens of thousands, for sure. 
like you see there's a lot of people that have their point value is uh, not, you know, shortened and it's uh with a k at the end okay yeah i'm not to that point yet <laughs> Yeah, but the, so I think you can see the. They do have a leaderboard somewhere. Oh, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, cool. Anything else, Tori? Well, no, I was asking to actually ask you what you were up to, Ryan. Uh, well, I, I tried to avoid it, but I ended up getting the new Grand Theft Auto. Uh, <laughs> and, um,. After many wasted hours of trying to manipulate the stock market <laughs> in that game, um, I've come to the conclusion that you don't, mm. other than through a few missions. And I, I beat it. It's a pretty decent game. It was fun. I, it's, I played a number. It's the first one I've actually beaten. Oh, well. usually I get, Really? Yeah, usually I get bored with the mechanics after a bit and don't bother with the story anymore. Because they're not interesting compared to just running around. Yeah. But this one, the heists were way more interesting than the running around. Because you play as three characters, so you go to rob a bank, say, and then each character has their skill, and you you switch around. And they did a really good job of like making it so somebody comes undercover, and then the guy that's in the sniper position, you switch to him. You know, it's kind of trite because it's you know you could probably just run out and run at the people you need to, that are shooting you and get them but i mean it it does a good job of switching and then you're you know you're the driver and then so you got to get there to pick them up and you know it's good stuff it's pretty good cool I, i've never actually beat a, a grand theft auto game i will say i was severely lacking sleep there for a couple of weeks though because <laughs> i mean me and zach would play a couple times and it'd be like three in the morning and i'm like i am gonna go now <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I got to get up in three hours. I'm done. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's fun. It's surprisingly fun. And I don't know. It was good. When you say you're playing with Zach, like, are you both in the same universe? Well, the way that it's online and then the single player is what I mean that I beat. It's, it has a whole online component where you end up in a instance of the world that you all share. Okay. But it's just an instance and it's, you know, None of it's persistent, really. It's all yeah. player-based, so missions are based off you as a player. So you have to drive to people's houses to get missions, for instance, but that's based on you. Okay. And then, um, so there's like maybe 10 or 20 people max in this instance, and you can kill each other, and you can invite others to help you with missions. And But it's bigger than just your instance, say. So like if, say you're level 10, and you've got a level 10 mission that needs to be done, you start it up, and then you open it and then um, you basically invite any other players willing or interested in joining you and somehow an invite goes out and people join you but it's I'm still a little confused by it but because I don't much care for the online all that much unless I'm like playing with somebody like Zach so Zach Ryan Schaefer and I played a bit and um, yeah. uh, one of uh, Zach's good friends and then somebody from Zach's friends list that he doesn't know that was smoking a bong as he was playing. <laughs> Pretty sure. Um, I'm like, who the hell was that? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> he just hopped into our game. <laughs> it was kind of, it was, 
I'm curious about how the new um, Elder Scrolls Online is going to work. Like, whether it'll be instance like that or, you know, some variation on that sort of thing or whether it's going to be, you know, more like, you know, traditional MMO where you've got a whole, you know, you've got trees of missions that you've got to do and everybody's got the same trees that are access to them. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about that because one of my favorite things of Skyrim was how the world changes around you. I mean, in, in some ways there are things that break that immersion, but in other ways there are things that change, and uh, it's really hard to do that in MMOs properly. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you... Yeah, it's a really interesting... I'm curious how it's going to work also. Unless they're, like, world events or something, you mean, or...? Yeah. Well, and if you watch, like, the... I, I watched a preview, actually, today. And um, it seemed like it was really like I mean it could have been a preview for a standard single player game, like mm-hmm. they were you know they were basically hyping the story of who you are, and you know it seemed like okay yeah that could probably apply to everybody, but like it it just it felt like they were trying to say that like you could you could beat it you know like it yeah. it seemed like there was like a an end game and I'm like, well, that can't be. <laughs> right. Well, and I, th- and I don't think it's being developed by Todd Howard's team, right? The guy that did like, um, oblivion and Skyrim. I think it's by a different team. Yeah. I want to say it's Zenimax. Zenimax. Okay. Cause we, uh, cause Chris Dillman, former, uh, IGDA twin cities dude, is doing the Mac version. Oh. Yeah. Huh. We saw him this year at GDC. Cool. Hung out a bit. Yeah, he moved out to work on... Um... That. Oh, gosh. Was it that from the get-go? Yes. No, he was... No, I'm pretty sure it's been that the whole time. Really? Oh, interesting. Yep. So it was probably at least a couple years he moved away. But he moved out there before Fallout even came out. Or Fallout mm. 3. I don't think that's true. I think it was after Bethesda. That. Bethesda, that's what I'm thinking. I thought he, were, he went to Bethesda. I don't know. Well. I don't know the names of all these companies, but that's definitely what he's been working on. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I don't know. You I, know, the, the persistent... Online stuff, you know, Grand Theft Auto. I mean, it's it. If you made a world that was, you know, say the buildings were destroyable, <laughs> you would end up with no town left. Yeah, and it would, you know, they'd all just be smoking rubbles because that's kind of what that whole game is about. But it's got some interesting things like the online stock market is supposed to be based off of what players do, which is it sounds really great, but um, it's it's awkward. Mm. So, and I tried playing that stock market a little bit, but it just doesn't. There, there's, it's too slow as a game. It's like the real stock market. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta wait for things to happen in real time, which is sort of fine, but a little bit too beyond the game for me to care. I guess I should say. But now I'm sort of 
doing like a tangent here, but I just wanted to ask before I forgot. But did you guys hear that Diablo three was getting rid of the their auction houses? Yeah, the online. Or at least the the yeah. the console games don't have them, and they've they're trying to figure out how to to shut them down, but they've announced that they're going to, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think I heard that too. Which which I I think is pretty interesting. It's pretty amazing. I mean, because that's that was a major that's hyping a big bit. Deal. Was that yeah. In the yep. beginning, so the the fact they're shutting down is also a big deal. Well, I'm of the opinion that it kind of ruins the game, though. In fact, everybody I've heard that talks about it, it it, it ruins the whole loot thing. Like Diablo is a loot game, you know. You kill yeah. things, you see loot, ooh, new shiny. Let me look at it. And then this auction house thing just made it so that the only way you get really great stuff is you could go to the auction house and get better stuff than you'd find generally. Yeah. I don't know. It sounded like it broke it. Yeah, I heard that too. I, I mean, I, I have only played through the demo, but yeah, I thought that's that was interesting. interesting that the it, code, I, I didn't realize the the uh, consoles didn't have it. That, that, I, I mean, that's as far as I know. They do not have an online um, trading market for auction housing stuff. No. I've yeah. heard that that uh, the loot drops and stuff are way better because um, the auction house isn't there to sort mm. of seal that in a way. Like the only way an auction house could be of any value is if things were actually sort of rare. Right. Right. When you're, when you're playing, you know, as you play, you find a lot of rare things normally. I mean, not a lot, but often you'll find, Right. And I guess in the normal gameplay, I, I haven't played any of Diablo three, so I can't really speak to it other than what I've heard and read. But I don't know. That's, That's another one that I could easily see myself sucked into. But <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny because I think the main hurdle or the main like thing that's kept me from it or that's allowed me to keep myself from it <laughs> is the uh, $60 price tag. On, is it still $60? It's still $60. And wow. um, for PS3 anyway, like I downloaded what is probably the whole game, you know, just like a locked up version of it, a demo. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can upgrade that to the real thing for 60 bucks. Shoosh. Like there's not a single discount, you know. There's not they don't give you a dollar off for having downloaded it instead of you know yep. having to manufacture a disc. Yeah, no, I know. It's I'm uh, so spoiled with just all the iOS stuff. I mean, you know, when you can get an awesome game for three dollars or five dollars or whatever, it's it's painful to spend sixty. Uh, to be fair, it's, uh, it's not worth $60 either. Cause I, I got it. I got the, like the, uh, the boxed set cause I was super excited cause you know, I was nuts about Diablo two. The one with the and armor, it, the chain armor. No, I didn't go that far. It's just, <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's the one that came with the, the little USB stick or whatever. Okay. Um, which, which has Diablo two on it. <laughs> which, just, just the words printed on the side not the game right just the words. yeah just the words the, no it's got the, it's got the Diablo 2 on it it's got it's got the the game and the expansion on it so that it doesn't uh, have Diablo 1 on it I don't I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember anymore 
But I actually used that USB stick today, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but yeah, um, it's just not as good as is number two, and I like the combat is actually really, really, really satisfying. But the the story was so silly. Uh, I just it just didn't just didn't happen for me. Yeah. And uh, I just Let's didn't want to keep going back in. Yeah. It kind of actually reminds me of playing World of Warcraft because I was playing it with my some friends at work and I had now it came onto the bandwagon years late but I was playing it and you know so we'd go and do these missions and I was reading the flavor text and I'm like this mm-hmm. is just oh <laughs> right and I'm and I'm doing this and I'm feeling like I should be invested and go for the story and and so I'm talking to them about the story and they're like huh and they're like, oh, we don't read any of that stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, you, you mean you just point in the direction that the arrow says and you go there and, yep, pretty much. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, when, when I was playing that way back in the day, I, I read through all that stuff too. I, I don't know. I, I, need, I need story to be immersed. Yeah, I tried and I just, the stuff was just bad. Some of it wasn't horrible, but... Most of it was just really dumb and not interesting. It was mostly sure. just really an explanation of what you needed to do, but yeah, you know, not not enjoyable at all. Like Bard's Tale, I was playing Bard's Tale quite a bit, and the the interactions there were actually pretty funny. They were interesting. They weren't a, yeah. they weren't a chore to get through. Yeah, but, you know, and that that's that's another tangent here, but that that's like a that's a real real skill is making stuff interesting and short enough that you you still want to read it. But it gives you enough backstory and enough information to do what you need to do, um, but make you still want to read it the next time. And that it's very different for games than it is for uh, other media. Yeah. Uh, two two tangents, or not tangents, but all on the subject. Um, Mass Effect, I thought, did an awesome job of making mm-hmm. me want to get through the shooty-shooty so I could get to more talky-talky. Yeah. yeah I, I really agree. enjoyed that whole aspect of that game of of decisions and the conversations it was it was like watching a sci-fi show it was actually yeah. interesting like a drama well, sci-fi yeah. it was it was good i really enjoyed that aspect of it and what and i think a reason that succeeded so much is because your your conversation had such a big impact on the game so you're like you're like in you're like wringing your hands being like what the hell should i say here <laughs> i'm yeah. up against a wall well, and it was and in the and the talkie talkie part was still a game you know, whereas, yeah. like, I think a lot of games, you get to the talkie-talkie and you're just watching a cinematic. There's no yeah. decision-making. There's, you know, you're not, there's nothing to keep you paying attention. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, I mean, there's not a lot of game to the Mass Effect talking stuff, necessarily. There's some decisions and it affects your character to a certain extent. So there is a game there, totally admit it. And it is fun to play that, but... That is true. Maybe I'm giving it less credit than it deserves for that. Yeah, I mean, I think they, that's, that's really the whole thing, that. right? Like the, the, yeah. the, you know, the branching conversations and, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm one of those people that when I play, I tend to really role play my characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto. There are three characters in it. One's the, like, young black dude, and he's a good driver. He's like a car guy. And then there's the older dude who's a gunman who's really good with weapons. And then there's this, like, another old guy who's just sort of this 
awful, cruel hillbilly person mm-hmm. that lives in the outskirts, you know? And I'm playing that game, and whichever character I am, that's kind of what I'm doing. Like, if I'm the car guy, I'm doing, you know, car things, more likely. If I'm the... Mm-hmm. The, the dirty hillbilly dude, I'm driving an icky truck and I'm running run people <laughs> over. It's I tend to tend to like to play the games that way. And so when I was playing Mass Effect, I was very much, you know, I decided what I wanted in my head, I guess, the vision of yeah. the character I had created. And And so then you didn't probably feel like you had as much choice about what you were choosing because every decision tree you kind of already knew what you were gonna pick. Kind of, but sometimes it was the emotion of the moment, too. Because, I mean, some of me gets in there, of course. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking back to Grand Theft Auto 4, and I remember actually disliking that game a lot because I was trying to role-play that character. And the decisions I was making, which would benefit that character in the situation he's in versus what I would personally pick, were different. And mm-hmm. I went with the role-play decisions, and I didn't like them. <laughs> and... And then maybe that was mean. It's totally stupid. It was like you had to pick. There was two characters, and you had to pick which one to kill, for instance. And one was like this sort of nice guy, and the other one was like the rich dude. But if you killed the nice guy, you'd be rewarded by the rich dude. So that's like the better business decision for this person who was, you know, an immigrant and whatever. So that's what I did versus the friendship or whatever. Whatever. Okay. And then the other thing is regarding writing of video games and versus like just stories in general one of the sort of tangent that to did you, either of you see ender's game no i i had a really bad feeling about it i will see it eventually you read the book it, though? yeah but to me it looked like they turned it into an action movie but i it could be just the way they're promoting it too well i mean if yeah, how, Martin, did you see it or I haven't seen it yet. You read so the book though? Don't don't spoil it. Yeah, I have I have read the book. Oh, it ends completely at different. least a couple times. Yeah. It ends what? Completely differently. Yeah, that's what I heard and I'm not really. It depends on if you've read the sequels or not. There's I've had some debate with people. I can't remember. I read a number of the books. Re- regardless, the trailer is horrible because it's like uh this simulation is real, it says right in it or something like that. <laughs> you know it's like it's borderline just flat out telling you the thing you know it's pretty good i took my my eight-year-old and my 10-year-old 10-year-old has read it mm. um and my eight-year-old did not and he had no interest in reading it with me um because i tried it a couple months ago I tried multiple times and couldn't get him to bite which is fine didn't push it too hard so we went to the movie, and he really liked the movie. But you think he'll read it now? No. <laughs> Is he just like not one of the reading? Or? Oh no, he's number one in his AR points at school. AR points being what they give kids for. They read books, and books are worth certain points, and then they have to take a test. And then they get <laughs> points rewarded for how well they did on the test. So it's a comprehension in in addition to reading rewards program thing. Okay. He just likes reading, but I so think you just you just couldn't get him to do that. Um. Well, books are different for eight-year-olds. Uh, you know, remember Choose Your Own Adventures? Like, I don't know if you tried to pick one up and read one lately. <laughs> yeah, but, they're pretty bad. But they're, but they, I remember them being so great. But yeah, they're not that great. <laughs> they're a little bit empty. Yeah. They're kind of about 
the the situation that's happening. It's not about the people. Oh, as absolutely. Get, and as you get older, it actually becomes more about the people. The stories are actually about characters, not about. I mean, they're events, of course, but. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Ender's Game was a little deep. But he liked the movie. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I could cool. read uh, Ender's Shadow with him. Well, I will eventually see it. When did it come out? I didn't realize it was already out. came out Friday. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Actually, it might come out... Yeah, I think it came out Friday. After Halloween. Okay. Yep. Um, Well, before we go on, one other thing. So, actually, after Halloween, that evening... um, my my Galaxy Nexus screen died, just flat out oh. quit working. Wah, wah. Yep. So I plugged it in that evening, and normally you plug it in and the screen comes on, kind of like as a I'm yep. in. And the Galaxy Nexus is an OLED, so it burns battery pretty good. So you got to turn the screen off if you actually want it to charge at a decent rate. Because otherwise it just kind of powers the screen sometimes. <laughs> um, and the screen just didn't turn on. And it got up in the morning and it was dead. So I'm actually, I ordered a Nexus 5, but it's not going to get here until the end of November. So I'm on my, my iPhone again. I'm going to be on it for a month. I have to admit, though, it's actually way better than it was before. The new iOS, I'm, it, it's, it's better. It's improved. <laughs> um, Siri is atrocious. She's only navigated me to one wrong place so far. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it hasn't been too bad. Like they've, the update, I'm actually. It's so funny. It's it. because uh, it's more Android like. Totally. Yeah. The notification bar. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Whereas, uh, like, I don't know. I just I think there's a lot of problems. Oh yeah, I I actually saw your tweet about the the icons and stuff. I've never found iOS's interface all that intuitive and amazing as so many iOS people tend to like talk about how it's this great thing. Cuz I still think that top there's no back button and that top left button is always confusing to me. Yeah. Because it'll say like, a, it'll it'll that's be like a convention a, thing. Because it's, when it's I'm whenever I'm using Android apps, I'm like, where's the back button? Yep. Oh, right. <laughs> yep. Um, but there is some flaw to it because, like, on Android, like, say you are on Twitter and you hit a link and it opens something in on Android, and it opens that link to Google Chrome, for instance. You read the article or don't. You hit the back button, it goes back to Twitter. Yeah. But on an iOS, I cannot figure out how to make that happen. It doesn't go back. Yeah. My instinct is to always double tap the home button. So if if I when I'm in that it's when I'm in that situation. Cause basically that brings up the, the task manager kind of a thing. And then the, the it's going to default to the last one that you were in. So if if you just switch apps, it's going to go right there. Okay. 
Um, and I, I know that's like muscle memory. Like I can feel it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's it's totally what you're used to. But I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm still at the point where I'm looking at the screen, staring at it in the top left, like I'm at the app store and I'm in the menu thing in the top left that thing says search. And I'm like, I don't want to go to search, but that's actually the back button. <laughs> but it says search. It's like weird to me. I, yep. Because I'm yeah. technically I'm in search. You know, I hit the search button on the bottom. Right. That stuff's just weird. I know it's convention. I just have to not look at the word. It would be better to me if it was just a back button. It's trying to be an informative back button. Yeah. Which makes me think it's something else. So it's just me and my years of Android, but some of that stuff's weird. I will I will totally give like um that article that you had posted about the problems with the design um, and their conventions of change. Totally agree with a lot of that. Actually, like people that have been using the thing for eight years and now their icons are different can be really yeah. frustrating. Yeah. So I don't know. It's only been five days or whatever, but battery life is amazing in comparison to my old phone. What do you have? I have a 4S. So this is, let's see, is 4S LTE? Um, no. It's going to be... Yeah. So it's before the that battery problem. Yeah. Although I have a, I have a 5S and the battery is awesome. It's way better than a 5. Did you get the gold one? I did not. <laughs> did you get the orange one? <laughs> but the orange one is $50 more than any of the other colors because it's the popular one. <laughs> yeah. It's plated with uh, orangium. Orangium. Yeah. <laughs> orangium. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a bad feeling that it, as much as I'm not you know, a fan of Apple per se, I am glad that it gives like Windows and um, Android competition to and drives them to do better. But I'm afraid that with the like, with the advent of the 5C and all the different minis that it's starting to erode itself. It, it's starting to erode the whole point of, of what the Apple devices were about. Like that they're a premium device? The, 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 yeah, and that you always know what you're getting. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of worried about that a little bit when I heard about the 5C thing. Um, but, you know, and it's interesting because I think some of the stats I've seen, like nobody's buying them. The 5C is not doing nearly as well as the 5S. Everyone wants 5Ss. I actually just saw my first 5C in the wild, like at when I was in the museum the other day. And uh, I saw somebody taking a picture with one. I went, "Oh wow, that's a that's a five S or five C," and uh, I just hadn't seen one. I mean, I'd, I'd seen them in the store, but how do you? I don't know. I can't tell the damn difference. Neighbor has one, and it just I don't know looked like an iPhone to me. <laughs> I mean, they all look subtly different. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to. I I'm not trained, I guess, to stare at them and be able to say, but. Um, it just looked like a iPhone with a case. Yeah, well, I mean, the C has a rounded back. Like, the old, you know, the 3 and the 3S 
they had kind of the rounded back as well. Um, so the C is kind of back to that sort of design. So it looks pretty different from the 5S and the 5, if you see it without a case. Okay. And there are some cases that probably make a 5S or a 5 look like a C, but especially with those distinctive like cases that have holes in them. Um, okay. Actually, this one didn't have that on, but I, I kind of assumed that's how you would identify them. Because that design is pretty unique. I shouldn't say unique, but like pretty distinctive. Right. Well, I actually, I like the, the feel of the 4S. I don't like how tiny the damn screen is, though, because I cannot touch anything, right? <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I really well, like my 4S, too. I think the 4S was a great device. Well, well, we well I mean, new consoles are coming out this month, so... Yep, we've got uh, the... Did either of you pre-order? No. I didn't either. Either machine. Um, they said they're going to be in stores. I don't. still don't feel like I'm going to buy either. Right off. I actually, I don't even have a 360 or a PS3. So I'm, I'm like way behind. I've got a Wii. You know, I kind of look at it this way. Like, the, neither of them are going to drop in price. You know, the, the big price drop or whatever for at least six months, right? Like, they're not going to drop in price right after the, the new year. So. No, they're not going to drop in price. So if I'm going to get one in the first six months, might as well get it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It depends. I, uh, I don't see anything <laughs> that's really a draw yet. I haven't heard any games that I want to play necessarily. That's the thing. Did, did you didn't pre-order though? Did you, Marty? No, I haven't. I actually was looking into it today because specifically because of the reason. Like, I mean, I, th I kind of feel like I'm probably going to get one or both. I, I'm definitely going to get a PS4. Like, I, I know I want one. Um, and I was looking at what games and stuff are there or will be there. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, not super excited about any of it. Um, there's a, on Amazon you can pre-order or you can't pre-order, but you can see what the bundles are going to be. And, uh, there were there's one with a game that I hadn't even heard of before, <laughs> <laughs> but that one actually looked like the most interesting. I mean, it's probably just kind of silly, but it's is called it, Knack. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it the Knack one? Yeah, yep. like a yep. Yeah, it looks kind of fun. I mean, it looks like probably like kind of a Ratchet, a Ratchet and Clank, Clank platforming type thing. Exactly. Yeah, and I loved Ratchet and Clank. I mean, I played a lot of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, my kids loved Ratchet and Clank, so I think. Crank or crack or whatever it's called, clank would probably be yeah. popular with. Them. I mean, there's a bundle with just an extra controller as well. So, I mean, that's another another option. Um, like, because I'll probably play. Well, I get. I think probably my ratio right now is like uh, maybe sixty percent actual games with actual you know discs. And then forty percent, uh, you know, whatever virtual stuff. Sure. Download only games. On your on your console. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. Oh, I'm probably at like eighty, 
is discs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I there was a while where I was pretty like if I can get it download only I'd rather do that. See, I don't have a PS3. I have Xbox and this I just the the prices on there just are never a good deal. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Well, but do... the the Xbox has a whole like I mean, there's a whole marketplace where you can't get you know, a lot of those games don't exist in physical form. Oh, right, right. Well, I mean, like, I got my Castle Crashers and and um, Battle Blocks Theater and, you know, some of those other ones. That are Tetris like, Splash. You know, things, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gin Rummy. Games like that, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, the, the... Like, I've never even considered buying a full game as download because it's going to be 60 bucks. And you know, even now, you know, you want to get like a relatively new title. It's still pretty expensive. Yeah. The only game of the like entire two console lineup that, well, I shouldn't say the only game. There are two games in an entire two console lineup that I'm really excited about: uh, Titanfall and um, what is it called? Uh, the one by Cappy. The download only one. Oh gosh, what is that game? Uh, it's like a. It's, I want to say it has like Beyond or something like that in the name. Beyond Two Souls? No, no. And it's Xbox exclusive. Um, so both of those are Xbox exclusive. Yeah, Titanfall. I'm sort of interested in. Yeah, so maybe I shouldn't get a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I have to get both. It's called Below. Did you did you see oh. the trailer for that one? No, I, I I think I've heard of it. It's more of a is it a story? It's kind of a roguelike, I guess. Um, it's but the graphics are and the sound are very similar to Sword and Sorcery. You know, Sword and Sorcery guys are building something for Xbox Live too. That's what I'm talking about. This isn't below isn't them. They're Super Time Force. Mm. Aren't so, they? Sword and Sorcery was by Cappy, and Below is by Cappy. Yeah, Cappy. Oh, and Super Time Force is also by Cappy. Okay. All right. I don't know Super Time Force. Maybe I should play that. What is that? I was just reading about... um... Well, okay, so Sword and Sorcery, you know, they're was a pretty big hit on iOS and they had basically said in their blogs that they wouldn't be on Android ever kind of thing. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They were kind of, um, I do not remember that. I don't well, think I mean, that's true. Us, us Android people were sensitive to it because they came across as kind of like indie snobs, iOS sort of thing. Well, they came across as indie snobs period. Yeah. But I mean, it. <laughs> you got to look at it from the Android side where, you know, here's this game that looks really cool it sounds cool it's everything like we would love this experience and they come across the, you look at them and then they come across as indie snobs that say yeah we're not going to do android and it's they totally had legitimate legitimate reasons or whatever you know dot 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 that's that's fine but they still came across very much like you know we're not interested in android because it's crap kind of thing and dismissive of us in a way mm-hmm. but then they they um actually used that software that um 
Howling Moon presented it at Portable. Yeah, they presented it at the last meeting because um, um, they've been Howling Moon, Andy, um, Korth, and um, Scott Lemke. Scott Lemke, yep, have been using it. And I'm not exactly to what extent they've been using it. Helping promote it is what I believe and, and stuff. Or helping them convert games. They've been yeah, they've been working on the actual porting, is my understanding. Yep. So um but that actually one of the, so, the 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 app portable did the conversion of sword and sorcery for the humble bundle. So mm. so sword and sorcery is on Google Play now. And actually they did do surprisingly awesome in their first month. So only two hundred grand about in sales. Pretty good, I'd say. I mean, it probably made up. It, it easily made up for the the porting. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> I wonder what they're at now. It's got to be big. I mean, yeah, they they sold fifty thousand units in their f- first four weeks. So, and I believe that sales. I don't think they were talking about. You know, the humble bundle obviously is. Sort of, you know, yeah. free on the side. Not free, but I mean, it's a side install. It's not through the Google Play Store. It's not? I thought, oh. really? Okay. No, you're sideloading when you... Yeah, they have an app. Like Yeah, you... but you can still just down... You can totally ignore their app and just down, side, side download the APK. Okay. Yep. Well, the the app might just side download as well. Like I'm, now that I think about it, because yeah, I don't think the app takes you to the store. <laughs> no, the app doesn't take. No, the app is just a side download and then helps you. Yep. Salt yeah, it's just a download helper. It's a yeah, but it's nice. I mean, it's humble bundle, so it 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 I do use it because it makes all those things better and lets you know when there are updates and stuff like that. Does it? I didn't. I haven't actually. I kind of I kind of poo pooed the app. I I I used it to down. I mean, I I backed one of the humble Android bundle, bundles and you know used it to get a couple of the apps, and was like, this thing sucks. Oh, <laughs> like it's, it's not just, by any stretch great, but it's way better than going to the website, clicking on the download, going to your downloads, sure, you know, yeah. installing. Da, 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 da. No doubt, it's just easier just to launch their app and it'll let you know if it updates. While you have it installed and stuff, it's it ain't great, but it, the the good thing about it is it's like a way to know your library, you know, because it's like where did I get these games? Sure. Mm. And I'm not doing a lot of side loading, so that's what yeah. I like about Steam. It just keeps track of my games for me. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I will totally prefer a game on Steam versus anywhere else, just so I can kind of keep track of it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I looked at my game count today i'm at 522 games <laughs> <laughs> wow man it, that is impressive it told me that i have a 20 percent completion rate on my my steam <laughs> i'm like what are you insane wow that's not true that, that'd be pretty impressive actually uh, yeah. yeah no shit i don't know what the hell it's talking about i'm sure i don't have 20 percent completion on my steam games is that for something you've actually attempted, or is it for all of them? Is that oh, maybe it means only games that I've in, engaged. Yeah, that might make sense. It, that would make sense because it is sort. Of, I believe it's one of those stats you can pick on your page. And I was like, what the hell? 
but it, you know, it's related to your achievements. Hmm. And so maybe it is 20% of the things I've played. That makes sense. Oh, uh, <laughs> which makes me, I have, to, I have to tell a little story. It's a little sidetracky, but it's, it's pretty awesome. So I have Portal on my Steam account. My kids do not. Although they do have Gary's mod, which might be why. I bet you that's why. But uh, now it's making the story seem less impressive. But my <laughs> eight-year-old wants to play Portal with me. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, let's go play Portal. We'll take turns. We'll go through these old puzzles. It's good. It's nice, fun, puzzly game. And so we install it. And we sit at the couch, get it set up on the TV, controller, all this. And he um, goes over to the laptop and hits escape and then types in something. And it pops up a console. And then he types in a cheat. And then <laughs> he's, he's like loaded for bear with every weapon from Half-Life. <laughs> I'm like, huh? And then, like, <laughs> he screws up something, so he's like, oh, okay, well, no clip. And then he just flies over to where he needs to be and then turns off no clip. And I'm like, lacquer. <laughs> it must, now that I think about it, it must be because of very mod stuff. But yeah, he's obviously watching videos on things and learning this stuff somehow. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah, I'm like, wow, kid, you're, I love you. <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> it was pretty neat. So we, we we ended up running around the portal thing, just shooting grenades and gun and stuff, and seeing what happens when you do weird stuff in the levels with you know the guns. <laughs> That's great. So I'll I'll just hop in right now because we've sort of been talking about consoles and we've been moving about around a bit. But what do you guys think about that new announcement by Steam about their their controller and the console and their OS? I am really intrigued about it, actually. So the the Steam machine. Yeah, it's. I mean, I know that's not really a machine; it's a bunch of stuff. But. Yep. Yeah. They're. In, yeah. I mean, they got their. Controller and then their. Well, big picture has been around a while, and I actually yeah. that's what I do on my TV. It works really? for the most. Oh yeah, I'm doing big picture onto my television through a lot of my games, which is part of the reason why I'm thinking that and the 522 games there, is is part of the reason why I'm thinking I might not jump on the new console thing. Get a Steam box instead? Well, I already have one. I have a <laughs> I a, a laptop, and, you know, it is, you know, it's a gamer it laptop. It's yeah. a hot processor with a hot graphics card, plugs into the TV, runs real nice. I'm not playing games I've got. Right. I mean, granted, I won't be able to play Grand Theft Auto, as a, for example, um, which is a draw. Well, is that just because that's not on Steam? Yeah, it's not on PC either, as far as I know. Is it? It's not on PC I think yet. It is, isn't it? I don't think so. Five on PC. They they usually delay that quite a bit. Usually, it, yeah. That's why I was just assuming it's not on PC yet. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess all the uh, results for that are coming someday. Oh well, I I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know if you've seen the latest Humble Bundle, as a for instance, but given that the newest Batman game came out, the latest Humble Bundle, you can get both Batman Game of the Year editions, you know, the Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, I think they are. Yeah. You know, for yeah. the, I mean, if you were to pay the minimum to get both, it's like five bucks. But you'd never see anything like that on 
console. In fact, I just bought the a used copy of Batman Arkham Asylum for $15 <laughs> like last weekend. Yeah. Cuz I I bought it and sold it and then bought it again. <laughs> so I thought it might be fun to play with my kid. Yeah, I'm intrigued by the Steam thing. I, I definitely want to get my hands on one of those controllers. I just yeah, think, it looks so crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can. it's funny because I feel like I can almost like imagine how it would feel. <laughs> I kind of I like it. <laughs> I, I want to know what the haptics are they talk about. Because yeah. they yeah. talk about that it's got, the in regards to the thumb, because they're like these little dishes in there. I, I yeah. kind of get what they're doing there. But I'm wondering what they mean by haptic. Because haptic uh, is okay, it shakes. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. But to... I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, like everybody says, they have haptic feedback, and yeah, that's all they're talking about is like the rumble feature. <laughs> I'm hoping it's. But uh, but you know, maybe maybe it's more than that. Maybe maybe they're giving you some kind of subtle um, tactile cue when you get to the edge of the the touch area or something i mean i don't know well, they, it, they were saying they can even do funky things like turn it into a speaker <laughs> uh with, with uh the where their haptics are set up hmm. really so yeah it's really weird um so that that had me a little bit intrigued yeah i mean i i definitely want to check that out i don't know the layout seems weird to me from a button reach kind of thing. Yeah, we'll see. I've never liked the the Xbox controllers. Oh, really? Nah. I don't like the PS, the PlayStation yeah. ones at all. They're so crampy, weird. My hands hurt when after using them. Really? Yeah, me too. My my hands yeah. always slip off of the. the you PS3 guys must controls. have bigger hands or something. Yeah, that's usually the complaint from Americans. <laughs> is that the PlayStation controllers seem small. Mm. See, for me, the PlayStation controller is like the epitome of controllers. Mm. Like, you couldn't improve on that. Like when the when the PS3 came out and the controllers were basically the PS2 controller, but just like slightly better. I was like, that's because it's already perfect. They <laughs> can't, you know. See, believe it or not, I actually out of all of them find the Wii to be the most comfortable controller, which it doesn't seem like it would make any sense, but it's the fact that I can have my arms yeah, you can put I, them I, at you my want. side. Yeah, and that the, the, it's actually not on the hand itself isn't the most comfortable, but I don't, I don't get that fatigue of having my hands together in a sort of an actually unnatural stance. Totally. Man, but if oh, you're yeah, trying that to was... play something like Legend of Zelda with that thing, like, the, you know, like I actually tried to play through, we bought the, the old, you know, the Legend of Zelda, the first one, mm-hmm. and yeah, but then you're that just that playing it, and it's just horrible. Right, but that's because you're you're playing it on just the one edge, right? Like you're you're not you're not playing it with the the rumble, whatever it's called. What what do they call it? The nunchuck, right? No, you can't. Yeah, exactly. But like he's saying, like if you play a game with the nunchuck, you can have your hands separated. Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought that was huge when I first got the Wii. Like, I was like, this is awesome. I played through, you know, 
at least a couple Legend of Zeldas for mm-hmm. Wii that way. You know, I, like... I did play one shooter through on my Wii. And I thought it was kind of interesting because if you wanted to use your bazooka, you had to put the controller on your shoulder like a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really interesting in that you had to do that motion in order to get the bazooka. But then your aiming was totally different oh, than normal. Sure. So you had to then yeah. use the Z-mote, which was just a disaster because you weren't <laughs> trained for it. Right. But, um, That's hilarious. Yeah. I did think that that idea was really well-founded, but the, the, uh, the execution of it kind of sucked because... Yeah. The, the w- one thing I find pretty interesting too on these Steam controllers is they have some buttons on the the bottom, which yeah. I always thought just made sense because because that's where your fingers are. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, I know you can't see them, but uh, I don't know. That just I, I I'm I'm very int- intrigued as well to see how these turn out. Well, and the other, you know, I I think I don't even remember if I talked about this last time I was on, but the. Uh, you know, I fully expected there to be more announcement around the uh, Apple basically ha- added support for game controllers to the APIs. So, like, iOS 7 and and Mavericks, the, the new OS 10, have controller support built in. But there there aren't any controllers yet. <laughs> they haven't announced any. Oh, weird. And, uh, but they have they've made a point of talking about how great the controllers are going to be when they are released. And so I'm like, uh, when there, I, I thought for sure that with the, the, the recent iPad announcements, there would also be a new Apple TV and game controllers for it, but nope. <laughs> so, Oh, it, and okay. And then, so what do you guys think about the OS? As far as um, the Steam OS thing, what are your what are your feelings on that? I mean, I think that's just so they can do a console. You know, that's all they're doing. They want to. You don't think? Yeah. You, know you don't think I mean? they're going to try to like compete with some other OSs? It's just straight up for console use. Yeah, I I think I could be wrong, but I mean, it just feels like you know the the advantage of the consoles is that you've got this thing that you don't really have to set up. You just plug it in, and there's all these games, right? And yeah. uh, I think, you know, they they want that experience. Right now, PC gaming is kind of a, you know, you do that if you already are comfortable installing a new graphics card, you know? And I think uh, it doesn't, I mean, obviously it's not that's not true for universally, but... Um, I think their goal is to so that you can just buy this box and the gotcha. Steam box, and there's all your Steam games. Gotcha. You know, well, that makes sense. I, I I partially think it's because somebody like me who uses my computer for a lot more, you know, it's just not easy to have that computer then attached to a television as well. Mm-hmm. But it'd still be nice to have those games in both places, and Steam does an amazing job of that. I, you know, mm. computer in the basement versus the computer on my television versus, you know, yep. any of the other computers I have. Um, I, you know, like my Steam account is on a number of machines, including one of my sons, so he can play, you know, um, Plants vs. Zombies on his computer with my account. You know, I think that that's fine. I think that this Steam box just opens the door to make it easier to get it on your television. Mm. That's true. That's true. 
because I would love it if I didn't have to. I it's cable wrangling, just ridiculousness. And then where do I put my laptop now? And sure. Yeah. In fact, I <laughs> the last time I had it plugged into the TV, we're all sitting down playing, and one of the kids literally just steps on my laptop. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like right next to the wall in the kitty corner. It you shouldn't ever step there. Yeah. Of course he does. It's, you know, he's, he's so I, I was convinced to buy the uh, Apple Care with my I I bought an Air and Oh did you? Well yeah, the iPad Air or whatever. It's just an up I mean, it's it's an iPad. Like there's you know, I kinda of feel like at this point there's no you know, yeah, it's way faster. I mean that's why I got it. But um it, like the experience isn't any different, right? Like it's exactly the same as my old iPad. I, I there's a tiny bit of buyer's remorse, but I feel like you know it's a business <laughs> expense. It's you know it, I, I I didn't upgrade to the four. I just I was still had like the three, the iPad three, and was the, the the four the one that was sort of slower than the the pre the previous one, or was it the three that was worse than the two? I can't no. remember which one it was. <laughs> one of the, one of the iPads, performance-wise, didn't function as well as its predecessor. Are you thinking about the Mini? No. The Mini is essentially the equivalent of the 2, yeah. which, I mean, the 2 is... I can't believe they're still selling the 2 because it's pretty darn slow at this point. I mean, on the other hand, it's perfectly fine for... You know, I mean, it's like it plays games great. Like, you know, it's it's not... It's not that underpowered, but the three was significantly more powerful than the two. The problem was it's like it's super heavy. Um, it was the first Retina one, and then like six months later they came out with the four, which they just called the iPad. And the only difference really was that it had the new dock connector type, and also had a new processor. So. I didn't. I wasn't really aware of this, but like, if you did benchmarks and stuff, or if you followed the benchmarks, I guess the four was a lot faster than the three. Um, and the three was. I mean, the three is still feels lightning fast. Like it's, you know, it's not a slow machine. Um, so I guess the four was significantly faster than the three, and the the air is, like, literally twice as fast as the four, and like five times as fast as the two. Um, in in benchmarks. So, anyway, the point is, I was convinced to get the Apple Care, partly because the guy was like, "Well, do you have kids?" And I was like, "Okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> you got me." They well, I hope I hope they give hope you the upsell at the store. Is that what they did? Yeah, that was exactly it. I'm like, are you making a commission on this? Because it was such a great experience. Like, I mean, this has happened to me before, and and it's not always the case. Like, I've I've gone to the Apple Store and been pissed off when I leave, but there have been a few times, and this was definitely one of them. Where like you just have this great experience. It's like that doesn't happen in retail, really, except at the Apple Store. <laughs> one of the few. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of nightmare stuff with the Apple Store too. That I well, they really want to keep you happy. 
That's the thing to know. They they will pretty much bend over backwards if you have an appointment. If 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 you are, yeah, okay. I mean that 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 can be true. I think I think that Unless they you're suffer to wait a from hours. they suffer from being too popular. That's true. Well, I'm gonna go get a Windows phone then. <laughs> Across the hallway. <laughs> yeah. At my uncle Bert's. They 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 don't have back buttons either. <laughs> um I was referring to the uh the Windows store in the mall. Oh. Oh, they have a Windows store? It's literally across the hall from the Apple oh. store in the Mall of America. And what is it? Like, is it is it for mobile stuff or what is it for? It's it's like everything. They have I mean it's the Microsoft oh, store. Oh, it's not it's not Windows, tablets, I shouldn't say. Surface. But yeah, they, they it used to be they had um what are the big tables? The touchscreen oh, tables. The surface. Wasn't that? Yeah. 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 They I guess they got rid of them, but they had a bunch of those in there and they had like, you know, connects lining the walls. Oh, I see. I got gotcha. you. Um and and uh this was like a good six months before you could buy one, they had this the tablets. They had ta- you know tablets running, um, yeah. Windows that you could play with, but not buy. <laughs> That's weird. Huh. Yeah, it's funny how expensive they are still. I mean, people talk about how expensive the iPad is, but. The Windows tablets are. Boring. Isn't that amazing? I don't get that. Yeah, there's a commercial and it's like starting at seven ninety nine. I'm like, who the hell is that for? Yeah, you guys yeah. are just dopey. Dope. Yeah, well, it's, it's weird. I don't get it. Well, that's the non RT stuff, though, right? The those are the ones that literally you can play do the same stuff essentially on your tablet as you can in your computer. Maybe. <laughs> Does yeah. anyone know? No, I think because I think that was the whole point, and why those are so expensive is because the hardware is so is so so good that you can you, you've got your Windows eight on your desktop and you've got it like cloned on your yeah. But if they want to reach into like that, that market, they can't be charging that price. I mean, they're just I mean, they couldn't get rid of their surfaces and they discontinued yeah. them or whatever. Right. You know, it's like weird that this new whatever the new thing is is comes out and here's this giant price tag again. Yeah. I think that that like the only way that Nexus has gotten in and is a market share at all, for instance, the the Google tablet, is that it's priced so low. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and it they're doing the same same thing like the Amazon is, is that they they price them low because they want you to buy content on them. Yeah. You know, Apple makes a killing on their devices. They make a lot of money off people that buy those things. But you know, Google and Amazon, they don't make their money off the devices. They're not a hardware company. Right. Yeah, do you know what the like what's the margin on on an Nexus 7? Like I think I think they lose money, don't they? Do they? I wouldn't I mean that wouldn't surprise me. Did you guys see my tweet about uh the new Retina minis uh pixels per inch compared to the Nexus 7? Mm-mm. Like if you go look at the like tech specs on both devices, the uh mini with Retina is like I want to say like two or three pixels per inch more than the Nexus. 7. Oh, 
Mm. So it's like <laughs> 157 versus 159. Kind of. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they beat him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but is it in a like normal resolution? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Or aspect ratio, I should say. Apple just has strange resolution aspects. I'm still weirded out by that. <laughs> well, it's isn't it? Um, I think it's a standard. It's not. It's not. Um, I think it's one of the video standards. The weird thing to me is their, that their aspect. Yeah, I think so. It's like the regular like TV aspect, isn't it? Like three four. Am I um, wrong? Well, I think so. like the old, the the iPad might be. I don't remember. What's ten twenty four divided by seven sixty eight? Um. Well, hold on, because that's going to be. That's, that's not helpful. No, because you've well, you're talking now like computer resolutions, which are not standard television resolutions at all. No, but it's like the you know it's the aspect ratio that's right. Yeah, that's a. What's what weird to me is that the the uh, the phones are now different because a, you know the, the fourth I mean you you've got the old one but the the new you know all the five and the five S and the, the five C the they're like a letterbox you know widescreen aspect ratio ten twenty four by seven sixty eight is a four by three yeah yeah but the that can't be a, the phone resolution though. Uh, no, that's the iPad. God, so, the, so square. What was that? Huh. So square. Yeah. Huh. Well, rectangular, yes. but so square. <laughs> so how come... Here you go. How I was mentioning before about how one of the iPad models is worse now. Um, or the new one was worse than the old one. How come you can still buy an iPad 2 from the Apple Store, but you can't buy an iPad 3? Yeah. How come? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. A, a lot of people are like, it doesn't make any sense. And I mean, the, the thing I heard is that the it was actually equipment um, problems, is that the threes have issues. Well, the three is the four. I mean, the, 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 it, it wouldn't make sense for them to still sell a three alongside the, the air. Like, it's basically the same. It fits the same, you know demographic or whatever like they were both meant to be like they were really super high end you know they're they both have the retina display um and and the there's no comparison like the yeah but here you are a company that builds ipads and your oldest your device that's older you know as you build newer devices basically your manufacturing gets whittled down to where you become really efficient at making them that they're really cheap, right? They, like, they become cheaper, yeah. yeah. So now they just totally got rid of that line altogether. And so instead of giving customers the the one well, no, tier I think down, they're two the tiers two. down now. No, See, because they don't the have the three anymore. Right, so the three was the premium, like, you know, that was the, like, super deluxe version. I don't think that it was really manufactured for that long because they came out with the the four which they just called the iPad and that was basically the same device just with a different connector 
and uh, processor. So, you know, they just completely yeah. eliminated that from their production line. Whereas the, the two was still lighter, so they kept, they kept that going and cheaper. And so I think they just never had a replacement device for the two. And since it's still selling, they're like, okay, well, we'll just keep it on the market. It's 100 bucks cheaper. It still seems really weird, though, that you're going back a couple revs of this device and you can't. I totally you know, agree. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, 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 I'm still baffled by that. And I don't know why anyone would buy one at this point. Tech, tech pundits or whatever talk about it in regards to it, you know, it, it had issues. But I can't speak for that. I, I will say that I, I'm a huge proponent of the Nexus stuff. But I did get to fiddle around with a, an Xperia Tablet Z. And holy crap, that thing was beautiful. It's kind of stunning. Is that it's, the the? That's the Sony one. And I'm usually not a Sony tutor, because <laughs> they're proprietary junk. Yeah. But that thing was just beautiful, and it's waterproof. <laughs> it's waterproof. So, yeah. So, up to like two meters or some a meter, two meters, something like that. There's a company you can send your device to. And they won't yeah. make whatever your phone, your device is waterproof. They I remember <laughs> reading that 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 company was going to be bought by Apple. <laughs> oh. I don't know if that's true, but okay. Well, I wonder. I I don't know how you could do it because your audio jacks and stuff would be a problem. Oh wait, no, it coats everything inside, including it the circuitry. whole thing. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Yeah, they take it apart. Yeah. Spray it down. Jeez, that's got to be expensive. Yeah, I think it was expensive. Because the, the, I mean, the Xperia, they just have the little flaps that close up. So yeah, you know, you, you have to close it or it's not waterproof. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I bought a, uh, you know, a tiny little HD camera for the kids to play with, and the thing is waterproof. You can swim in a pool, and use the thing. But it's the same thing as that the USB port on the side and everything is all sealed. Yeah. So if it mm -hmm. opens, then you're done. Anyway, yeah, that's an interesting conversation about the upcoming Steam console. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, shall we? I think I think we shall. Yeah. Oh, you know, one thing we should do before we go, I think we should take a listen to Martin's uh, on the street interviews. Yeah, it's a great idea. Thanks for doing that, Martin. Let's. Uh, hey, Tori, can you make that play now? Yeah, sure. let me cue them up. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the podcast. It was awesome. I really enjoyed um, all the presentations. I mean, it was great to hear, hear the kind of the business model behind it and to see the different things and to hear about successes because several of the last talks that I've been to were about, you know, how hard it is. And it's, it's great to see that they can actually make money and have fun doing it. And you can't get wrong, go wrong doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, What's, uh, can I ask your name? My name is Pam Rostel. Hi, Pam. Uh, yeah, did you, um, what, I, can I ask you more general questions? Sure. Yeah. Um, have, so, you've obviously come before. How long have you been coming to these? This is about my second or third one. Okay. So, so um, I just came because I, I'm interested in Games for Change out of New York and, and um, wanted to see if there's a Unity community here just to kind of, because in case I needed to learn it, I wanted to know what the resources are here in town. And it's great to hear about the different the different groups that are meeting in 
you know about different aspects of the of the game industry. So. Okay. Yeah. What's um, what is your role? Like, are you interested in actual development? Are you um, a business person? Like, um, I'm interested. Okay, it sounds really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a there's a game out um, called Half the Sky. Have you heard of that? No. It's a Facebook game, and it's about it's based on a book, and actually it's been a PBS series too. But Half the Sky is really about the oppression of women around the world. So you wouldn't think you'd make good gaming material. <laughs> but they have this game where you become this woman in India, and you kind of face all the obstacles that she faces, and and you build or you you have to earn money to take your kid to the doctor and all these kinds of things. And, and there's a, a whole community of people who have had Lyme disease, which was interesting too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, chronic Lyme disease in particular. And, and just I was interested in kind of giving them a voice, and I thought it would be awesome to have characters developed by people who actually have the disease and then put them into a game, game situation that other people could kind of see the world through their eyes because it's not a very pleasant thing, and people don't believe there is such a thing as chronic Lyme disease. So, right, right. So I thought it would be kind of cool to develop a game like that. So especially if it was like Half the Sky, where you, and Half the Sky has, has generated a million users since March. So Oh, wow. So if, yeah. that's a, if that's a winning formula, I thought maybe it would work for the Lyme community. And there's certainly grant money available, so I thought, you know, <laughs> come up with an idea and go see, shake a few boxes right. and see if right. I can come up with any because I want to retire and that would be a fun way to retire <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah who doesn't want to retire making a game yeah, <laughs> yeah <exactly>. so, <laughs> so yeah that's where I'm at yeah oh it's interesting nice to meet you you too thanks Thank you. good luck <laughs> thanks you gave me your impressions last time come on do it again <laughs> uh, it, was, it was pretty cool talk uh, hearing about the um App porting stuff on the uh, app portable, yeah. yeah, app portable. The the iOS, the Android, um, that company program. I don't know exactly what you call it, but <laughs> yeah, the, the app portable guys. Yeah. You know, the stuff that they got there is uh, looked a hell of a lot easier than I expected it to, and it actually worked pretty nice because you know the whole how do you handle art with the different aspect ratios and the god awful amount of fragmentation they've got on the screen sizes and orientations. And, yeah, you letterbox uh, it. Yeah, apparently that's the solution. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it. Well, that's one solution. The other is to stretch, right? So, like, yep. those are the two. I mean, that you would expect, that. right? Anyway. And they were definitely saying though that you can have the extra art in there for it. You know, they can handle a bunch of aspect ratios with various eye devices. Well, you expand that out there. You put some if that's in there for you know the specific code, and you know it sounds like you expand that out pretty well. Um, so, yeah, the uh, app-portable presentation definitely drove home how easy it was to, to do just, you know, Objective-C and port it over the Android, which is nice for when, you know, people aren't using Unity and they're trying to do the, the low-end stuff and get the most out of their hardware. Um, the uh, DS stuff was definitely interesting. Um, hearing about uh, somebody who's actually made money on Nintendo is always a nice change. Yeah, Compared yeah. to the, yeah, we did Nintendo, we got completely hosed and... You know, never went anywhere. Uh, by the way, we're closing down next month. You know, it's, <laughs> it's nice to hear somebody actually making a profit doing Nintendo stuff around here. Yeah. Um, well, and that's well, they made 15 million yen in two months. That's 150 grand in two months. Yeah, yeah. not not bad. That is not awful. Yeah, no. Yeah. Although that was an existing game, like that they had just ported to yeah. Japanese. But still, that's Additional really cool. Additional revenue yeah. on top of work they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's definitely good. They're expecting to double that in the next, you know, month or year and a half. Right. It's like, heck, 
Yeah, it was great. So that was the main presenter, the Big John Games portion yep. of the evening. Yeah. So it, uh, it was kind of fun hearing him talk about the various products and you know, jumping into the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was actually quite surprised at the uh, leap. I was expecting the leap motion presentation to be, yeah, we you know got contracted to do the leap motion. It was an absolutely horrible experience and stuff. Was, yeah, know, it was totally the opposite of my experience. Yeah, you know, you got your leap, Zach's got his, I got mine, and they all don't work for the crap. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it sounds like they've got, you know, right up until the last minute there, they got the, you know, consumer version that actually they put the right sensors in, they put some decent hardware in, so. Yeah, and these guys started developing, like, what, two weeks before the launch? Two months. Two months, okay, two months, actually, that's, that's a yeah, little very bit. different. So it sounds like, uh, it sounds like they lucked out pretty good there, um, but, yeah, I uh, know yeah, it was funny, you know, I did all the videos early on, and uh, the Leap Motion guy went and saw my videos and posted, like, 12 hours after I posted randomly on YouTube with no tags or anything, just for personal talk and then showing to friends. And he goes on there, oh, yeah, you should throw a bugger support in there. It's not supposed to do that. And I'm like, oh, this guy actually cares. Sweet. Went down there, did the whole bug support thing for, what, nine months of just the whole thing being messed up. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll send you another dev kit. We'll send you another dev kit. Yay! Here's an email. We launched. Uh, you guys are going to uh. send me another dev kit, right? <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, they basically just stopped responding to me. I'm like, yeah, they, I'm done with these guys. But, uh, yeah. No, so how many did like they, do you remember how many they sent out? It was a lot like of dev 20, kits. 20,000 or something. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, then, no, I don't remember hearing anybody that, if you got a faulty hardware, you were basically hot. You were done. Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, give us 80 bucks to get something that actually works. Maybe it'll work. It's like, no. Yeah. But, uh, no, so it's, it's nice to hear that somebody actually had a decent project on it. Yeah. It looks fun, actually. I'd play that game. Yeah. <laughs> For three bucks. Yeah, three bucks. It's not bad. Yeah. So. You had no impressions, Baylor. Right. Nope. I never have impressions. <laughs> I'm an unopinionated person. Sure you are. <laughs> hey, um, how long have you guys been coming to IGA? I'm asking more general questions tonight. Um, it's 2013, so what, four years? Yeah. Four years, I think. yeah. Did you go when um, Gary was running it at MSP? Because that was 2006. Yeah, I started coming here like maybe six months before they started doing this. Oh. Um, that was in fall of 2010, I think it was. So I think I started, what, 2009 about? So that would have been about, yeah, we were doing mobile games with Warp. Because um, I don't think I really did much when we were doing Brain Farm. Yeah, it must have been about 2009. Yeah. I remember you presenting way back then. Yeah. Okay, I, I in started in 2006 or seven. Okay. And I presented, what, this year I presented, um, 2010, we did Paper Doll. Yeah. We did I a presentation of Paper Doll. Because yeah. it was the same year we presented it in Paris. You're doing a new tutorial website or something of game building, like free game development classes I don't know. Now. It changes from time to time. So that's that, at uh, the uh, at, at that college. No, so Gary oh, ran who's, IGDA. Who's and I don't know who Gary is. What's Gary's last name? Gary Dahl. Dahl. Yeah. Huh. So Gary ran it first, Before and Zach. he ran it out of MSB while he was teaching there. Okay. Then he became a teacher at Brown. Then he went to Sugar Pill Studios, and now he's in Maryland. Oh. He got married and went to Maryland, and I'm not entirely sure what he's doing. <laughs> and now Zach's got it here. And, Back when Gary was doing it, we had 10 people. 
Yeah. Um, this is much larger. Yeah, uh, it's been pretty big since we moved to the nerdery, yeah. I think. Yeah. That was a big turning point. Yeah. The free pizza helps. <laughs> free pizza, yeah, free that's pizza, definitely a big... Drinks. Yep. The Boston one, I think, is about the same size as this. Boston might be slightly larger, but huh. you know, for all the AAA developers there, we're not significantly smaller than them. Yeah. I was talking to the Chicago people last year around Thanksgiving or something. Actually, that might have been two years ago. And they had a slightly bigger group, but it sounded like it wasn't it wasn't significantly bigger. It was like maybe 60 or 70 people or something. Given how many of our studios are three-person studios, there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Our biggest studio moved to North Carolina, so this is a lot. Who are you referring to? Um, the Battle of Fallujah guys, Destineer. Huh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I didn't know that they were here. They, they they started here, and they were here up until they got the Battle of Fallujah contract, and then it's easier to pick up game talent in Raleigh or wherever they were in North Carolina. Yeah, so they, they went there. Down, and what, 2011 around here? So they had the Battle of Fallujah soldiers supporting their game, and then the Battle of Fallujah soldiers' parents protested the game, and the funding for the game died. It was a $2 million game that suddenly lost its funding, and then they shut down because of that. They Destiny. shut down because the soldiers' parents were mad at them. <laughs> they said, you make it look fun to be in the military. My kid, that wasn't fun. The kid's mm-hmm. like, well... <laughs> you know, the whole, when we were actually there, we were terrified and crap. Yeah, but looking back on it now, and, I'm, you know... They still wanted to make... They were the consultants to the game. So it was kind of their game as much as it was Destiny Hears. A lot less Hollywood and more actual experience driven. Real experience. Two million dollar project gets yanked after a relocation, and now you've got nothing. That's real. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's the. Uh... Welcome to the game industry. Yep. Yeah. That's the industry <laughs> we're in. What Atari and Activision value are kind of gone now. Yeah, they just farm off to India. Do they? Yeah. They've got the game testing thing here, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, they don't really I don't know anyone who anymore. works there anymore because I mean. I think Jeff Lumpkins was uh, working there for a bit. They had, I mean... I think I know a few people that are still doing the testing. You know, Ten buck an hour game testing thing. Yeah. But those are almost always three-month um, temp work. Like short-term, yeah. yeah. Hmm. You don't actually like to keep people in testing because they get used to the games. So you have to keep <laughs> rotating in new people. Hmm. Or just put them on a different game. The developers for Spider-Man, <laughs> to get the web-swinging thing, uh-huh. um, they had mastered it. They played it so often, and they're so familiar to them, that they would... Developers would play it left-handed just to get a new feel for it because they were too used to the game. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard when people get used to things and they can't tell you anymore how frustrating it is. Yeah. All right, thanks. I'm going to go find someone else to bug. <laughs> okay. Hey, so give me your names. Uh, my name is Stan Bissinger. And I'm Rick Allen Meek. Nice to meet you guys. So you uh, saw the presentation tonight. What did, what did you think? Uh, very informative. Uh, my, my area is uh, more or less 3D and uh, modeling and animation. And so I've always been in awe of programmers. And uh, to, to me, they're gods. They, they, they do all the magic. <laughs> Thank you. Without, without them, <laughs> nothing else would be possible. But uh, and, uh, unfortunately, I, did, I took my, my programming back in the 80s when it was Fortran and Pascal, and it was so boring. Uh, you'd want to go out and shoot yourself with a 22. So I always, and I, I think that, you know, with the 
young guys now that are doing programming, you know, they get immediate gratification. They can do some code and they can see it do something really Absolutely. cool in the game immediately. So uh, it, it's a different it's a different ball game. Um, have you thought about playing around with Unity because you could just like drop oh yeah, your I, assets? Into I have it. downloaded Unity yeah. and I, I I have worked with. Uh, Unreal before, and I've worked with Quake 2 before, and I've also worked with Torque a little bit. And uh, the thing about Unity is that uh, it really blends nicely. Uh, 3D Studio Max is really my favorite software. I've worked with it for 20 years now. Yeah. So uh, the fact that I can do things in Max and just bring them in as FBX files is uh, is, is huge. Yeah. You know? And that, and also if, if anybody you know if anybody you know wants anything, I can you know I'm, I can create assets for them and. Uh, work with them and so forth and that's I kind of have been doing that on a freelance basis so yeah that's cool uh, what about you what do you do I am a uh, Crestron programmer and I do what's basically uh, commercial automation for video conferencing audio conferencing presentation but it can be anything house of worship uh, higher learning anything any commercial application I've done like the monocytal power plant I've done uh, Emergency operation rooms in Cincinnati, uh, just about anything. But you know, I, I worked as an inst- instructor and the chair of IT. I have a high background of IT, but I'm, that was all driven by video and animation. Okay. I kind of stand and I are on the same page. I, I came from the days of Premiere in its infancy. Uh, I was I, I was a LightWave guy. I, okay. I've been using LightWave 3D for since like 1997. Um, but so you know, we're kind of birds of a feather that way. And <laughs> but I, I have all of these other skill sets underneath it, the, the programming for the you know the automation systems and things like that. It's it's akin to like when you go in to buy something at the grocery store and do your self checkout with the touchscreen. It's the same kind of thing. I write an interface. I also write the program that drives everything behind it. If it can be controlled, I can control it. Right. So. And, and I was here on a reconnaissance mission looking for programmers to do other things, like I'm into Xcode. I haven't touched any Android code, but um, I'm looking for somebody to help me on a project. So, right. so Stan pointed me to Zach, and then Zach pointed me to a couple guys here. So uh-huh. that's why I'm here. But, uh, again, I knew I was going to be entertaining, and, and it's very informative, and it's fun. And, and if I had the time, I would... I would be doing game design too because a lot of the stuff I was doing, character generation, and you know, I have my own little projects that are sitting way back on the back burner that I still want to do in my yeah. animation world too. So it's, it's, it's the same thing. We, we, it's just too much fun. Yeah, yeah. So. Rick, Rick's good with <laughs> Rick's good with handheld uh, coding and so forth. When I when I first met him, he pulled out his phone and he said, and he was and he was just moving some sliders. He said, "These are." controlling my lights back at the house <laughs> and he lives you know quite a ways away and so uh, I I knew we'd get along uh, we have we have a lot of other connections and so and so forth but uh, uh, it's it's kind of fun when that's one of the things about teaching that I enjoy is uh, it, 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 inevitably the, the faculty members all get along great it's, I mean, I don't know of any place where I've taught where, I mean, you know, you might have problems with the administration, you might have problems with these students, but the faculty members are like, 
uh, it's like a family because, and and usually uh, faculty members are very interested in sort of migrating out of and across disciplines and you know learning about mm -hmm. as, you know, as many things as they, they possibly can. Um, I mean, I I knew that ever since I was in school, and I saw that when I was in when I was in college, I saw the faculty members doing that. And I, I always kind of thought that's that's what I want to do. You know, is I want to get into a university where you can have your little your own little column of knowledge, but you also have access to all that other stuff that's going on all around you. It's funny too because I came from an electronics background. I was a field service technician for years, and so I'd be sitting with the electronics chair, and, and he'd be talking about something, and I'm like, Yeah, well, you have to do this and this and this. Like, well, how do you know that? I was like, well, that's where I came from. I was I'm a certified ACDC electronic technician from you know, the, the late '80s and early '90s. You know? and, it's just, and people, like, they're astounded that you even know what they're talking about. And it's not that you, you know, hold everything close to the vest and you know, keep information from people. It's, it's, you always feel like, well, you didn't ask, that kind of thing. And it's just, it's not that you're hiding information. It's just like, you just, I don't sit around and blow my own horn. It's just like, yeah, I know this and I know that. You know, I, kind of, I, I don't do that. So. I was just reading an article today about how you uh some re some new research has come forward that says that you can increase your IQ and your intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's been kind of thought for a long time that you couldn't, and now now they've they they're saying that you can again. And uh, one of the you know tenets was saying like uh, you know cross discipline, like learn about stuff oh, yeah. as much as yeah. you can, and the more you learn about things, the the more likely you are oh, to actually yeah, my, be able to. My best friend is he's one of those guys. He's going for his master's right now, but he works in the medical industry, implantable devices, that type of thing. We work on projects together all the time. And we'll be doing something, and he's sitting there trying to figure something out, and he's got his calculator out, and it's like, well, why don't you just do this and, and add it to this? And I, I can't think of a specific, but I'll just say, why don't you do, do it this way? And he'll look at me and go, how'd you get so smart? You know, it's just like, I don't know, probably just hanging around you. Just, just those things that, because you become so used to doing so many different things, that certain things automatically, esoterically become clearer or something. And he's like, well, why don't you just do this? And you, yeah, that'll work, you know. And uh, It's just, I, I amaze even myself sometimes, because math, I hated math, but I can figure out math faster in my head now than I ever could. Hmm. And I don't know why. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's... And I, I, I kind of think you're right. It's, you, just, you, can, you can become smarter and improve your, your intelligence. Right. And it, it's like with a. I've I've seen physicists uh, make observations when they when they watch a cheetah, for example, chasing its prey, and they said the cheetah is doing calculus. The cheetah <laughs> is doing physics when it's deciding. You know. You know. At, at what point is it is it going to stick with the pursuit? And at one point, what point is decides? You know. It's it's a point of diminishing returns, and it's it's you know, and it's and and all of that's essentially. Uh, physics and calculus that they're doing in their head. Um, I, I personally I, I am a big fan of uh, visualization, um, especially when I uh, when I was studying electronics and physics. I was always coming up with some kind of animation or some kind of visual uh, rep representation, and I, and I think that if you don't understand something visually, let's say like the performance of a transistor. If you don't see the, the current of the emitter and the collector and the base and how it's affecting that current, 
I, I don't see that. You know, th I don't see how throwing numbers at it it's going to make it make it any better. I, I think that you can if you see something and you understand it visually, you can generalize that that to other things, and that's that's kind of one of my. That's why I'm very fond of oh uh, the work of Jim Blinn that he did for the Mechanical Universe and Beyond, which were some physics animations back in the '80s. And then more recently, Brian Greene's uh, Elegant Universe, where he talks about the particle physics and about string theory and so forth, and, there, and the use of animation in those in those programs, the Nova programs that he did, the Fabric of the Cosmos. Also, I'm, I I just look I look at that stuff and I go, God, it's not it's it's eye candy, but it's eye candy that you take away some real information. Right. And I think it, you know, there's there's real evidence that people learn. Visually, like uh, certain people, way more so. But I think like everyone, um, everyone learns something better if they are both, you know, kind of seeing a visualization of it as well as internalizing the, you know, whatever structure and, it is. And we, uh, the, the two of us as instructors, you have to understand how to teach people. Mm -hmm. People learn three different ways: visually, orally, and. Kind of, kind of, yeah. you know, and I and I also be I'm a sign language interpreter also, so it's one of those things where I'm visual. I'm so visually oriented on so many things, and I can remember back when I was 19 years old, my buddy and I working on his car in his garage. The t one of his turn signal lights, the lenses melted. It was all droopy and stuff, and we got in his van. <laughs> to back the car out. I looked at the light and I took my glasses off and I pulled my eyelid down because that's visually what it looked like. It looked like your eyelid was pulled down and he, he laughed so hard he couldn't drive his car. <laughs> and it, it took me some 17 years later when I started learning sign language to understand that back then I was visually oriented and I didn't know but that's I, and I learned all three ways so I find those I find those to be strengths mm -hmm. all the way around and then to be able to turn that around to teaching individuals in watching them struggle with something and let them struggle long enough and just show them one little tiny thing and you see the light you see the light bulb go on over there yeah. mm -hmm. and that's that's all. That makes it all worth it. <laughs> and, and he knows what I'm talking about, too. Yeah, that's, uh, they're, they're epiphanies. And, yeah, right. and I think yeah. we, everybody... Well, I, I think the movie Pulp Fiction introduced us to what the word epiphany was. And I think that, you know, people... You, the, the, you know, it, they're, they're eurekas, and, and it's, what's exciting is when someone in a, in a, you're in the classroom and you see someone, a student, get it, get it, get an epiphany, because then they're just going, they're they're just like, they're like they're like vibrating and they're looking around and they're trying to explain it to everybody around them. You know, it's like they've just got, they just gotten a super shot of resonance, and now they're just you know. By vibrating like a window before yeah. it breaks. That's a great feeling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, in you know, you, we've all had those uh, moments. And, and it, this, the sad part about them is, is that it, it's like it's like uh, orgasm. You you want to go die after you're done. It's just like, <laughs> well, there, there, what, 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 could what? Yeah. what could possibly be better than that? Yeah. Live up to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to move on and keep, okay. keep right. talking to people. Thanks. Thanks. I can yep. talk all night. <laughs> hey, can I talk to you guys about the meeting today?
Yeah. Well, you mean the time before last? I had a phone last week too. Yeah, do you have yeah. questions prepared? Because I'm not going to answer. I them. do. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. How did you like tonight's presentation? It's really good. I like knowing about the 3DS stuff. I think that's a nice uh, contrast to mobile that we usually hear about. Yeah, that's true. It yeah. has been pretty mobile focused lately. No. Yeah. Yeah. Most, because everybody's taking it that way instead of console, because console's getting crazy now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, I wonder if there'll be more now that the big consoles are coming out, and I, I don't it's know. Scary. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? it is totally scary. I mean, yeah. just unknown territory for anybody making anything for it, but even for players. You know, I don't. Yeah. Need, like, which one are you gonna buy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, we got a Wii, U, and it's sweet, but it's like, do I even want an Xbox One? Yeah. PS4 for sure, probably eventually after a couple of iterations. Right. Yeah. Know, exactly. You, know? you wait for the small ones. Yeah. 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 Uh, have you ever done any console development? No. 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 How about you? No. 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 I wanted to. Yeah. Are you kicking us out? Yeah. Yeah. Where's your wife? Uh, she's at work. Where's okay. your uh, Wii U dev kit? Uh, you need to sign the NDA before I show you. <laughs> Burn. Burn. <laughs> And that's not even a joke. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yes, one day. Soon. I was going to ask you what questions. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. I was going to give her a picture. <laughs> a shark picture. Now you got to... Sorry. Yeah. Ask her what she wants from me, because I feel like I owe her something. I want to make her something. So ask her what she wants. Okay. I'll ask her. <laughs> I guess I can ask her. This is, we're hearing a sweet moment. Yes. This anyway. will be the last moment of this Do podcast. Ask me more things about... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Add some pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about what you get out of IGDA. Me, personally? Yeah. I haven't been here in a long while, but I love coming back. Um, personally. Why, why do you love it? I love it because of people like you, Marty. Because <laughs> of connections. So it's networking. Yeah, that networking. passion and knowledge. You know, I love that part of it. Sharing knowledge is good. Um, also, for the advertising aspect... I think we got a lot more people playing Jelly Flop when we had announced it the first time on Android. And again, uh, I wasn't even here for the announcement of iOS, but Andy and Scott, since it's such a loving networking atmosphere, did it because they felt obligated, because they like us. <laughs> Wait a sec, which is it? I haven't they, done that. They, uh, they, you bought it? See? <laughs> Who didn't That's buy what it? That's I'm talking about. <laughs> this community, baby, I love it. Yeah. So no, I, I love IGD. I think it's one of the best things I've ever started doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you going to uh, the bar? No. Lame. I know, I know. <laughs> we were going to present the Jelly Flop stuff in January, though. Oh, they are? Oh, yeah, cool. We decided that yeah. an hour ago. <laughs> so nice. not, not, the, not the November one, but January. And we'll be at the game jam. What? Yeah. What are you You're doing? About to answer what the fuck a Groodle was. You're like, oh. you want to do a Groodle? And then you answer. Wait, Dude, yeah, what's a Groodle? Groodle. I made this group on Facebook <laughs> where it was started off with me and like three people at, from work, and we made Groodles, and then we'd post them. It's just like a group theme art doodle. So if, if, if it's like an entity playing an instrument, you like I did a caterpillar playing an accordion. <laughs> so, and you just, it's just a way to keep... You know, making shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, so how does it work? You start the doodle and then you hand it off to someone else. No, no, no. So, okay, we we have a, a list of uh, all the members alphabetically, and then each week it just goes to the next person to keep it fair, right? 
And, okay. Um, so then that person, I tell them since I'm the admin, like the day before, hey, you're up for topic choosing. So they get to pick whatever they want for everybody in the group to draw. Oh, and everybody draws it. Everybody draws it. So you get to see everybody's interpretation of what that person chose. Sure. So it's really cool now because we have 30 people somehow. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but Robert's in there. And <laughs> now, how, how often do you draw? Once a, once a week? Yeah, they get a week to draw the drawing. Okay. And it could be anything from a scribble on a napkin. You don't have to be good at drawing. Nothing. Just as long as you do something because something is better than nothing. Yeah. And you do that. We have Mike Medicine Horse, who's an amazing artist, and he does full-blown digital paintings. So Are you biking to the bar? Yes. Wow. Do you want to ride? He's his own designated driver, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't bike drunk. I mean, that is that is just as illegal as as driving. But it's, is it harder to catch or easier it's to catch? You either got to get really drunk and then biking is easier, but if you just have like a beer and a half or something, and then it's like, oh. But you can walk your that. bike too, and then it's stabilizing you, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that too technical? Whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure that's true. I'm sorry. I'm I don't know what I'm talking about. What are these for, Marty? Uh, this is, so this is the third time I've done this. Then they go into podcast. Which this no one listens thing? to. Like, no one listens to. Don't yeah. Put this whole thing no, it'll just all just theater. drop right in. No! The, just here's clip the thing it out. our podcasts <laughs> are like, our podcasts are like two hours long. Yeah. And no one to listens to them anyway. I so, to yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. It depends on what they're about, really. Yeah, no, they're it's never like about anything. Just start droning on. And yeah, yeah. Start to you guys stay on test. See, that's why you clip this to the meat. Yeah. Then people the listen. Meat. The meat. But who's gonna who's gonna decide what the meat is? <laughs> no, no, no! I don't if even edit these things. IGDA. I just hand it off to someone else. You're a graphic designer, right? You do logos and stuff. All right. See you guys. Hey, man, Martin, that was some great stuff. That was good. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for doing that. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome. You can do it again? Hey. I think so, yeah. I mean, it was fun. I'll do it again. It'd be uh, be awesome if you guys wanted to help out, but, you know, <laughs> if not, that's cool. <laughs> uh, you know, all right, I will 100% admit, like, I used to be all gung ho about making the videos for the IGDA. Yeah. I used to record them. But it became so much work that, like, the whole social aspect before the meeting I was missing because I was setting that up. And yeah. coordinating with the speakers and talking to them about content and getting email addresses, all that. So I'd miss talking to anybody before the meeting. And then after the meeting, I'm taking all my stuff down, you know. And so my social is, like, dwindled only to whoever went to the bar, essentially. And since I stopped doing it because I had, like, equipment problems, it's I have no interest in looking back. And, I mean, that's not necessarily the same as what you're doing because this is totally social, but... Like, yeah, no, I, I kind of actually, I sympathize with that quite a bit because I think that I'm definitely also missing out because I'm talking to all these people that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily otherwise talk to, which is probably great, but, um, I'm not talking to the people I probably would be talking to, mm -hmm. which, you know, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. And some of those people don't go out to the bar all the time. So it, there were at least a couple of people I felt like I kind of missed at the last meeting actually yeah and yeah i know what you mean like i i ended up talking to people and i didn't even know if you had recorded something or not because i didn't see you after because of the circle that i was in in the 
in the room. Right. We're outside the yep. room. And that was the thing. Like, everybody was talking last time inside, like, still inside the auditorium or whatever. And eventually I kind of, like, wandered in there to find the next person to interview because there, there was no one out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last time ended up being a little bit different. Like, I think I talked mostly to, I mean, there was only, like, four or five different groups of people or individuals even. And uh, it, I, I talked to them for much longer I think you, or maybe, I can't remember who, maybe actually Zach, somebody wanted me to ask more kind of general IGDA questions, like, you know, how long have you been coming, and, um, you know, what do you get out of these meetings? And uh, so I tried to do a bit more of that, and I, I'm not sure if that turned out well or not. So if you if you listen to it and you have some feedback, please let me know. No, I think it's, it's great. Well, I know I had suggested some of that because... Um... There's some internal discussions about how the the meetings go, how some people wish they went, you know, and how some things are good and some things are bad. And me and Zach had just been trying to understand, get a handle on that a bit. So I don't know if he had suggested it or I know I had suggested something along that because I'd like to know if I think the meetings work pretty well, but... Um, yeah, I, mean, I know there I are some people great. that want them to be a little different, but um, yeah, like how would they want how would they want them to be changed, or or is that not really a good topic at this point? Um, <laughs> well, I because I think you could say that without telling who it was, but if if not, don't worry about it. Let's see. It's <laughs> just, it's complicated. That's the thing is that it all depends on what your purpose in the meeting is. And so like if you're in San Francisco, just to throw a, a town out there that might have a decent, you know, software community or something mm -hmm. um, where there's like studios around and stuff, IGA meetings are a totally different thing. In fact, they're less promotional to students, I would say, as a for instance, right? Mm -hmm. um, and in our case being, you know, Midwest, we're in Minnesota, you know, we're getting great turnout, honestly, I think, but we're not necessarily attracting, you know, studios and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just mostly enthusiasts and independents. Yeah. And, so. um, there's, there's some interest and those interests of the, of the people that are coming, you know, some people just don't care to see or th those topics say, right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, like I do it more for the social and I really just like tasting all sorts of these things like getting, it's just interesting to see people present their stuff and it's in a subject matter that I really enjoy. So, um, you know, I would never consider missing a meeting because I didn't think the subject was interesting or not my area of interest or anything because it kind of all is, but I think that there's some that, you know, do feel that way. And so we're just trying to figure out gotcha. those people and how, um, how to how the how to cater to them? How to be a better group in regards to professional professionals versus? Oh, I see what you're saying. Because um, uh, you know, like Martin, I would call you a professional by all lengths, but um, not the your typical IGDA. What it's really around for professional? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's true, and even myself, like I'm not 
making a living at this, really. <laughs> I'm doing freelance work to, make, to pay the bills. And the freelance work is not necessarily game development. So I, I, I actually do feel occasionally like there is a... Not a bias, but I mean, just like a... There's some question about whether... Uh, you know, we're, there's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying exactly. <laughs> like the, well, there, there definitely seems to be a silver lining to the idea of being a game developer on the side. But the truth sometimes feel, seems like, or at least maybe this is my perception, is that it's really difficult to do that. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think it's difficult to do anything for yourself, like to start a business, to own a business, you know, all, all of that is really difficult. And game development is no different. I mean, I think it's, you know, it could be, it's possible that it's more difficult, but it's, you know, I don't think it's like significantly more difficult to, to, to make games for, you know, to make games for yourself than it is to make like, say, you know, some t random tech startup web-based something, you know. I think both are equally incredibly hard to get traction with and yes. uh and it's harder in minnesota uh maybe it i mean really is i don't think it is actually i think it's it's pretty easy in minnesota to find resources um and it's definitely cheaper so like you know if i if if, if i were in the position where i would want to hire three developers or something definitely way cheaper here than it would be in San Francisco. The, uh, the, I was reading or hearing something on, on NPR today, something about how like California gets more venture capital money than all the rest of the states combined or something like that. Something, yeah. some crazy surprise like that. Me at all. And, and the, I, I think the problem, and I think it's changing, but I think a lot of the problem gets sucked to the coasts. So like people graduate or they come back to Minnesota for a while and then they, they head to the coast. So that, and then that's, Partially why I think it's really hard to stay consistent in 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 Minnesota is because a lot of there's there's a lot of flux, but I, I'm hoping eventually you know more and more roots get planted and I think they will, um, and I think a lot of it is driven just by the flat out passion by <laughs> you know by the locals which I really really appreciate, but uh, I think it can be tricky in Minnesota to to sustain stuff at this point. So I think it's great that we keep doing these meetings because that's one of the ways of having roots, I think. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see the group stop by any means. But if there's specific suggestions that people might have or thoughts, I mean, we're very open to hearing them. Um, well, and I kind of like really, I sort of like that there are now kind of these spin-off groups. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think if there is a need for or a desire for more kind of, uh, I guess, full-timer, you know, type stuff. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing that proposed as kind of a spin-off group. Um, you know, like a, I could, I would actually participate in a, but not organize <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, a group that was uh, game developer business stuff, you know, like, Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 
like uh, talking about owning a business and and you know how do you find talent and how do you decide when you need talent and all that all that kind of stuff like that's those are really hard questions yeah that no that would be pretty interesting actually but that those might be general enough to fit onto a standard business thing yeah i mean I'll, uh, yeah that's and i go to a lot of that kind of stuff too um the, and there's tons of that stuff locally like the, yeah. it's it's huge um tech.mn is a great resource you can just like go look at the calendar and there's mm. it's packed there's stuff every day um, yeah that's a nice website for that they actually do do a good job for yeah. that i just noticed I, I just went on there literally today and saw that there was a new ios developer meetup yesterday mm. uh, somebody had just randomly started one like he's a guy from milwaukee he's not lived here that long and he didn't want to drive out to Egan for the Coco Heads meetup. <laughs> yeah. So so he's like started a new meetup. And I so I emailed him and asked how it went. And he seemed really nice. So I'll probably go to his next meetup. No, that's cool. That is really cool. Well um speaking of that sort of thing, and I wish we could cover it, maybe we'll have more information next month and we can talk about it then when we have Martin back. Um as a special guest, as a, as, a, yeah. as, a, as a special guest, um, is is what Matt Gravel presented there. Sort of something like the Boston Indie Game Collective, I think it's called. Um, I got to find some more information about it. I'm not sure if you talked to him at all about that. A um, bit, yeah. So yeah, but, he he kind of. You want me to? No, I think that we should probably save it, shove let's it, wrap uh, up. Yeah, let's wrap up. <laughs> it, you know. I got to get a little bit better handle on it. It's it's not really addressed at me. The Indie Game Collective is, I mean, you can find it online if, if listeners are interested in getting a little bit more insight. But there's some brewings of potentially a sort of open workspace that might promote game developers in that way, similar to the one in, in Boston. So let's just leave it as a tease for now, and, and hopefully Matt can... Mm. You know, maybe he should be the special guest. He should be the special guest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So with that, you guys got anything you want to say before you uh, hang up? No, I wish I, I wish I had things to promote, but I don't yet. So that's, that's strange. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I'm looking for your presentation next month or a couple weeks from now, actually, Tori. So. Oh, thank yeah, you. It'll sense. be a short. It'll be a real short one, but. Uh, yeah, I think it should be fun. Awesome. Yeah, I, I really want to see that too. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. And uh, thanks for listening to episode 29 of the IGDA Twin Cities podcast. Um, what's, it do? What's, our, what's our email? If you've got questions, send them to um, podcast at IGDATC.org. And please. Don't forget the Twitter. The Twitters. Oh, yeah. Oh, IGDATC is our Twitters. And we're on Facebook, which I guess is a better way to communicate with people. Just a quick poll of you two. What do you use more, Facebook or Twitter? I don't have the Facebook. Seriously? So that would be the yeah. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Twitter. Although I haven't figured out how to do the lists thing. so I think my I, jaw just dropped to the floor. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like... Uh, I'm very antisocial a lot. <laughs> so uh, I, used, I used to have... 
I used to, yeah, well, I used to have the MySpaces and it exhausted me trying to keep up. So I vowed to not have the Facebook, which I know is a business no-no. Like you should have a Facebook page. Probably. But, uh, um, yeah. I just updated my Google Plus business page. <laughs> For I do no, have, no I do have a Google Plus. I will say that, but yeah, I definitely use Facebook a lot more. But mm-hmm. I tend not to use it for things like meetups and stuff like that. It's it's ah. mostly like keeping track of relatives and friends. So. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, wait, we never said goodbye though. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thank you, folks. Bye.